The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, baseball's a funny game, isn't it? Welcome into Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo on your dish where the Royals pull off a completely improbable victory in Game 4 of the home series with Detroit this afternoon, getting their first victory of the season at home in seven tries against the boys from the Motor City. 5-2, to two, KC wins. And when you look at this series and look back at it and preview all the games, this is the one you figured you had the longest shot of winning especially after losing the first three. Now, no offense to Bruce Chen, but he's basically getting thrown in the fire. It's essentially a spot start. His pitch count isn't totally built back up. Yeah, he could go 75 to 95. He was in that range, of course, today. He struck out a lot of guys in his last extended outing at home, but did give up four runs in that game and got hit pretty hard in the minor leagues. Now, granted, he was and is good against Detroit throughout his career, especially in a Royals uniform. But when you look at this series, you got Bruce Chen getting thrown in there against a hot team that normally feasts on left-handed pitching, and then you've got Justin Verlander on the other side. Now, I'm fully aware the Royals have hit him pretty well, as has the rest of the league throughout the season and even into last year as well. But when you add everything up, and then you see the lineup before the game today, and, and the lineup, of course, you already didn't have Alex Gordon. But then today, no Salvador Perez and no Lorenzo Cain. So you just think to yourself, okay, they're throwing the white flag up. We're getting swept. You know, we haven't been hitting anybody lately. And it looked like that way again through the sixth until, bam, the Royals put five runs on the board in the seventh, getting Verlander out of the game and, and giving him the loss and winning ultimately five to two. Another big inning for the Royals. It seems like whenever they win, they have a nice big crooked number on the board in one inning and virtually nothing the rest of the game. And that's pretty much how it went again in this one with five in that inning, thanks to big hits from Alcides Escobar and Omar Infante. So let's let's go over that inning there. In true royal form there in the seventh inning, KC completely singled Detroit to death. <laughs> the, the army of singles came. Lead-off singles from Butler, Moose, and Abanez loaded the bases. Then Escobar and infield singles. You've got four singles in a row, which only gets you one run. So four hits to get one run in true royal form. Draw Dyson grounds out to get another run in, ties the game up. They uh, The Royals pinch hit Salvador Perez for Brett Hayes. And then they decide to walk Salvi, which is smart, especially with the lefty in there to get to Aoki, although Aoki is better against lefties than he is righties. But bases loaded, one out, a nice 2-0 count to Nori. You're, you know, 2-2, you're thinking, okay, Nori's going to get the job done here. Weak pop-up on the infield slash shallow outfield. So the bases are loaded with two outs. The Royals have just been awful in this series with runners in scoring position, even going back to that Tampa series, especially in game two there. How frustrating was that game? But bases loaded, two outs. You're thinking, oh, gosh, now we're going to have to win it later. It's going to be tied. The bases loaded, one out, blah, blah, blah. You start thinking bad again because that's just how things are going right now. You're not getting any breaks. I mean, you're not creating your own breaks. You're not playing well enough to deserve the breaks. But then Nomar Infante changes things. He laces a two-run single on a breaking ball that was up. Actually, it was a fastball, I believe. A fastball that was up. Four seam left over the middle of the plate. Lined it into left. Made it 4-2. to two. Eric Cosmer, ground rule double, finishes the scoring 5-2. to two. But we got to talk about the KC pitching because that's the story of this game. And namely, Bruce Chen. I'm going to give it up for Bruce Chen because you listened to my dish yesterday. I basically said this game was a loss. And it's not really that I'm, you know, trying to... It's not that I was hating on Bruce Chen. It's just that when you look at all the factors going into this one, 
how Detroit is just built to destroy a pitcher like Bruce Chen. And yes, I know they haven't been the last couple of years. I know that, although they hit him pretty well the last time they faced him. And But Bruce Chen exactly hasn't been the same this year either. You know, with the minor league outings and the four runs he gave up in his last outing after that long rain delay at home, his last home outing at least, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you don't have your guys in the lineup. It would have been easy for Bruce Chen to kind of pack this one up and it would have been easy for the Royals to pack it up too, but they didn't. Bruce Chen goes five and a third, gives up two runs. It should have been one. There was horrible communication between Infante, not Infante, between Escobar and Abanez. There we go. Escobar and Abanez. Now, Raul needs to make that catch. He came in a long ways. Alex Gordon, no doubt, makes the catch. But it's kind of unfair in defense to Raul. It's kind of unfair to compare him to Alex Gordon. I mean, we've seen in this series alone, not having Alex out there, how big of a difference it makes. We saw Nori last night misplay a ball off the bat of Avila that Alex probably catches that led to a run last night. A run today on that play. Abanez had an error on the Friday night game that cost him a run. Another ball that was about two steps over his head that Alex probably catches. So the point is, some people say, well, Gordon's not really a premier offensive player and these war stats are skewed too much by his defense well you know what if you're one of those people that all you care about is home runs all you care about is batting average all you care about is that kind of stuff ops i mean yes that's tough ops home runs power on base that's super important but and, and while i while i'm one person who's outspoken outspoken against many defensive metrics because i don't think it's it, i think it's hard to quantify them although it's getting better you know, this series in itself proves to you how valuable Alex Gordon is. You can start to see, not having him out there, what we miss. I mean, essentially three runs scored in this series that wouldn't have with Alex Gordon out there. So my point is, Bruce Chen pitched even better than his line. Five and a third, two runs, eight hits, two Ks, no walks. The thing about Chen today was just how he pitched inside. Inside, on the hands, inside, off the plate, outside, changed speeds, changed eye level. There was just virtually nothing in the middle of the plate. Bruce Chen looked awesome. That was vintage Bruce Chen this afternoon. So I tipped my cap big time to him. I, I doubted him in this game coming in. I'm going to admit that. I'm not going to run for my prediction. I thought we'd lose this game. I didn't think Bruce Chen would pitch near as well as he did. I don't think most people did. But he did. That's all that matters. The Royals do get a nice win against Detroit. It's still a very disappointing series. There's nothing that's going to change that about today. It's been a very disappointing last couple of weeks, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Royals did have a winning road trip, but five and four we talked about wasn't exactly how you wanted to do it. They had a rough, you know, home series against the Dodgers, on and on. So, but today, besides Bruce Chen, Yordano Ventura also gave the Royals in his first major league relief outing, and ending in two thirds of relief, struck out three. So three of the five outs he got was via the K, only allowed one hit, no runs, and then Wade Davis and Greg Holland identical, one, two, three, eighth and ninth innings with one K, no walks, no hits. Beautiful pitching today, and the Royals really held down Miguel Cabrera nicely in this series, didn't they? Just about took Bruce Chen yard today for a three-run homer, but again, Bruce Chen didn't lead the ball in the middle of the plate enough. Bruce Chen did just a fantastic job. I, I can't talk enough about Bruce Chen today. Although it's also important to remember that Danny Duffy did a hell of a job, and so did James Shields. The Royals had three superb efforts, which that's what makes it even more frustrating. The Royals really easily could have won three of these games had they had even a major league average competent offense out there. They didn't, so it doesn't matter. The Royals hit the break at 48 and 46, two over 500. That's four or five games away from where you want to be. You wanted to be six or seven going into the All-Star break. Detroit 15 over 500, 53 and 38. The Royals, again, are really too far behind Detroit to worry much about that. You're not going to enjoy the, the second half of the season if you're worrying about Detroit, so I would forget about Detroit. The Royals probably have about a 10% chance of catching them, honest to God, at this point. 
The good news is those the Royals probably do have a, a 30 to 40% chance possibly of getting that wild card, the second wild card, maybe 25, but something in there. I mean, they've got a, a chance. It's, it's not even a, an obscure chance. It's not a long shot chance. The Royals do have a legitimate chance of earning a wild card, especially if they upgrade their team and or get some production out of Billy Butler, Mike Moustakis, Eric Hosmer starts hitting for power and maintains it the way he's been going recently. Maybe Salvador Perez gets a little more plate discipline. Maybe Omar Infante, who's producing, he's driving and runs pretty well, but I think overall, overall he's been about what we expect. He's been injury prone. He gives you good at bats. He drives and runs. He has a great approach up there. I think he's been a slight, slight, slight disappointment. Not, I would, no, that's a strong word. I wouldn't call him a disappointment at all. Slight. Maybe not quite as good as we were hoping for, but about what we thought out of him. If you look at the first half then, I mean, the Royals right now sit, like I said, eight back in the loss column from Detroit. If you know, Detroit's played less games, so the Royals are legitimately probably eight games behind Detroit right now. So the wild card, though, KC is just two and a half back. Seattle for that second wild card. Toronto's tied with the Royals. The Yankees are currently playing as we speak, so the Yankees may be tied as well. Cleveland right behind as well. So it's really a five-team race. Baltimore is even kind of in there. Five, six teams vying for that second wild card. And here's where the problem is. Real quick, before we talk about the problem, other first-half things that come to mind. Nori Aoki, big disappointment. That's the biggest disappointment on this team, no doubt, has been Nori. Not even close. You go through the field, Kane, better than, better than expected. Gordon, exactly what you expected. Moose, disappointment. Escobar, better than expected. Infante, about what you expected, maybe 5% below. Hosmer, disappointment. Perez, what you expected. Butler, huge disappointment. So but it'd be Butler and Aoki are the two big disappointments followed by Moose, and then Hosmer would be fourth. Those are kind of my first half when you go through the lineup. Pitching-wise, rotation, Vargas, better than expected. Guthrie, exactly what you expected, giving you innings ERA around four. Shields, disappointment. Ventura and Duffy, huge, huge positives, better than, better than expected. Bullpen, everyone pretty much is better than expected out there or as good. So, I mean, I mean, if you look at if you grade this roster, the bullpen all grades what you expected or better. So the bullpen's been great. The rotation, same thing outside of James Shields, but even he's not awful. He's been bad for what you hope he wanted, you know, for what you wanted him to be as a stopper, an ace, and number one. He's been a disappointment, but overall, he has not been bad. So the rotation and bullpen are awesome. You just look at there's about four, four bats that really are holding this team down. So we'll see if the Royals go and make a move. I don't think they're going to do too much. Not, we discussed last night. I don't know that they should do too much because I still think – and here's the problem. The reason I wanted to go over the weaknesses first and the grades from the first half, um, when you look at the second half, you're going up against five or six teams. Look at the schedule. The Royals start at Boston and Chicago for six. So let's say the Royals go four and two in that road trip, which would be fantastic. Three and three is probably what they're going to do in this road trip. But let's say let's just say they go four and two, okay? Then they're home for seven against Cleveland and the Twins. Let's say they go four and three, okay? Four and two, four and three. That's eight and five. Royals are two over. Eight plus two is ten minus five. The Royals will be five over five hundred on August first if they take. Four out of six at Boston in the White Sox and four out of seven at home against the Twins and the Indians. And those are realistic, good scenarios. You're five over 500 at that point. Problem is you're already two and a half behind a couple of teams in the wild card. One or two of those teams is probably going to do even better than that. So you could even have more distance between you. And then the problem is you go into August 1st. Check this. You have Oakland on the road. The Diamondbacks on the road. Home for four against Oakland. Three against the Giants. So you've got a pretty brutal 
August. Seven out of like 16 games you're facing the A's. So my point being, even if you come out and play well, unless you really come out and, and roll it on fire in the second half, you're in trouble because you've got five other teams. You're already a couple games behind a couple of them, and you've got three or four other ones right there tied with you. So that's the problem, and that's why I don't think the Royals should go too far in with trading, as we discussed last night. The wild card is there, but the problem at this point is you're not playing against one other team. The problem is you're playing against five other teams, and even when you go six and four or seven and five, somebody else is probably going nine and three. That's the problem. And the Royals have some tough matchups coming up, not to mention plenty with Detroit down the stretch, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why I kind of bring up where the Royals are lacking is the offense. They're also lacking, and thank you to my buddy John Hall. John Hall, a great follow on Twitter and Facebook. John Hall reminded me the Royals have lost 18 games by one run in the first half. 18, and then four games in extra innings. That's 22 near wins. Thanks, John, for pointing that stat out. If you ever want to be on on, uh, any of these editions of the stat, you want me to talk about or anything, hit me up at Royals Clubhouse. Send me an email. Find me on Facebook, any of that stuff. So thanks, John, for that. But what that all says, what John's stat says, and what the offense says on and on, and it's just not good. But, again, where do you improve this offense very much? You know, that's the problem. Do you want to give up very much to improve the offense? I don't want to be giving up Hunter Dozier or Christian Benford or any of these guys for a fringe bat. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. The first half has been a slight disappointment for the Royals. Okay, bigger than, bigger than slight. The first half has been a disappointment for the Royals. They're underachieving, no doubt, at two over. Just because of the fact that they're basically out of it with Detroit. And the, the sad thing is they still have a better chance of the wild card than they do Detroit. Detroit's just one team that they're chasing, although Cleveland's right now breathing down their neck. But right now they're the only team between them and Detroit. But the problem is they're so far back now, and, and within the loss column especially, that even though they're going against five other teams in the wild card, some years you would say you have a better chance of winning the division because you're going against five other teams in the wild card. But I still think you have a better chance of the wild card right now, even though it's five other teams, six other teams, whatever you want to call it. So we'll see what happens, guys. It's going to be tough. They really are, like we talked about yesterday, going to have to come out and basically almost duplicate last year if they want to get in the playoffs. Because when you're going against that many other teams, like we said, even if you're going 6-4, and 7-5, and five, well, guess what? One of those other five teams is going 9-3 and three during that stretch. You just can't have any more bad stretches. You're, you cannot have bad stretches from here on out if you're going to make the playoffs. That's it. You've got about 70 games left. You're going up against that many teams. You're already behind two of them, tied with one or two others. Essentially, you're going to have to have another 10-game winning streak or another 15 out of 20 out of the break if you want to really get yourself in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens in the second half. The Royals kind of limp in. Uh, Hopefully, Alex Gordon will be 100% ready to go on Friday in Boston. Hopefully, Jason Vargas only misses one more start. I'm thinking Bruce Chen makes that next start. And then after that, Vargas is back in there, hopefully. We'll see what happens, though, as we head into the second half. Thanks for listening to us. we got an an exciting week, by the way. There won't be any more dishes, obviously, until Friday night. But uh, Joe Randa joins us on Clubhouse Conversation this week. We will talk to Northwest Arkansas Naturals manager Vance Wilson this week as well. And a guy I'm very intrigued about who pitches for the Burlington Royals and rookie ball, Ian Tompkins, a guy that was drafted this year. So Tompkins, Randa, and Wilson this week to help get you through the lull of four days of no Royals baseball here on Clubhouse Conversation. Thanks for spreading the word at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, clubhouseconversation.com. Have yourself a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon.